Welcome to season four of the Presently Engaged podcast. Here you'll find short, friendly, Jesus-focused encouragement to live intentionally right where you are. I'm Mandy Pollock, and I'm really glad that you are here. Since you're listening in, I know that you are intentional, purposeful, and wanting to make a difference. So I've written a book for people like you. The Question Habit is all about building resilient relationships with God and others one question at a time. Asking questions and listening well can take every relationship deeper. If that sounds like something that would support you, you can get The Question Habit on Amazon or snag the audiobook on Audible, Amazon, and iTunes. I'm cheering you on as you live purposefully right where God has placed you. Listen in and then join me at presentlyengaged.com because you, friend, you're making a difference. When the books in the New Testament were initially penned, I wonder if the writers knew they were the Holy Spirit-inspired authors of Holy Scripture. Like many things Spirit-inspired, I wonder if the act of picking up a pen or dictating a sentence to a scribe was simply a natural, dedicated, and focused part of their day. Surely Matthew and Luke and Paul didn't start writing letters and researching history and documenting events thinking, someday this will be in a book sold worldwide as Holy Scripture. But God divinely worked in and through them to record and propagate what would become the New Testament. So how did we get the Bible? There were many books written about Christianity in the first centuries after Jesus, and the 27 New Testament books weren't recognized as canon, which is a word from the Latin word from, for rule or standard. They weren't recognized as canon until A.D. 393. There's much more to that story than the scope of this, but let's do a thumbnail sketch. Here goes. In the second century A.D., the apostles and those who learned directly from them had died. People were circulating books as being written by people using names of key biblical figures. And to some, they were shared and read with the same authority as Paul's epistles or Luke's eyewitness accounts. To address this challenge, church leaders discussed and prayed and wrote and discussed some more. They wanted to affirm which writings were authoritative and inspired by the Holy Spirit. In his Easter letter of AD 367, a bishop named Athanasius listed the 27 books of the New Testament. Church councils at Hippo Regis in AD 397 later affirmed his list as what would become known as the complete canon, full and standard. For more on how the biblical canon was formed, if you're interested, the Museum of the Bible has several helpful clips that are just a Google away. Okay, so each of the books that became the New Testament fit these specific criteria. One, they were written by an apostle or a close associate. Two, the writer was confirmed by acts of God. Three, the book told the truth about God. Four, the book came with the power of God. And five, it was accepted by the people of God. Written by an apostle or a close associate, confirmed by the acts of God, told the truth about God, came with the power of God, and was accepted by the people of God. 
But as fascinating as it would be to jump down the rabbit hole of church history, and I highly recommend it, let's make it personal. It struck me that we could take those same evaluation points used for determining the contents of the New Testament and apply it to our own lives as well. How does my life reflect those parameters? Do I learn from and befriend and encourage Christ's disciples today? Am I confirmed by acts of God? For example, can I point to acts of God in my life and the lives of others where God has confirmed his love and care for me and where he has protected and directed my day and circumstances? Do I tell the truth about God? The key to telling the truth about God is spending time with him and his word. Do I come with the power of God? As a follower of Jesus, whenever I enter a room, I bring the Holy Spirit with me. Would others recognize that reality? Am I accepted by the people of God? My worth is not based on others' estimation or acceptance of me at all. However, Jesus lovers tend to recognize other Jesus lovers. Is that the case in my life as well? Am I a part of that communion of the saints? In his second letter to the Corinthians, Paul clues us in to a beautiful truth. Believers are living letters designed to be known and read by all. 2 Corinthians 3, 2-3-3 says, You yourselves are our letter of recommendation, written on our hearts to be known and read by all, and you show that you are a letter from Christ, delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. What story did your life write for those reading you yesterday? last week, last year. God is not done writing our story, which means that he can take any plot point, challenge, or failure in the past and weave it into a beautiful story of his own design and redemption. As we trust God to write our stories, we trust that he will do so with grace and love. You are a letter from Christ delivered to your family, delivered to your workplace, delivered to your circle of influence. And once a book is printed and distributed, you never know who will read it. We live in the hope that tomorrow's page will be written with the love of an omnipotent king and loving savior. There are ups, downs, heartbreaks, plot twists, and laugh out loud moments. But those who follow Jesus know the end of the story already. One day, he will return in triumph to bring his beloved church home. So until then, right on. Dear friend, may your life qualify as canon.